the summer of the Lord's provision, right? Psalm 23, what verse? One. <laughs> the Lord is, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if you've been confessing that every day, that is wonderful. Amen. And as you're confessing it, I want you to meditate on it. Amen. And uh, I want you to take it apart in just one word at a time. You know, the Lord. Just stop right there. Think about who that is. Amen. It's not your mom. It's not your daddy. It ain't your, ain't your cousin them. It's the Lord. Is. Not will be. Not maybe. Is. My. Who's shepherd? My. My. Shepherd. What is a shepherd? What is a shepherd? Chicken box. What is a shepherd? A watchman. Someone who does what? Protects. Protects what? Sheep. Okay, so, so shepherd, the watchman, takes care of, provides what? Whatever you need. If a shepherd has got sheep, he's got to provide for everything that they need. Everything that they need. How often? All the time. How many days of the week? Seven days a week, every day. My shepherd, my protector, my provider, every day, every night. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I, not somebody else, I, shall not doesn't say I shall want does it it says I shall not what does not mean no I shall not want how many wants do you have that he won't provide none zero Shepherds make sure that sheep have no wants. They can't grow wool if they ain't got nothing to eat. They can't grow wool if they ain't got nothing to drink. You don't take them to the, to the, to the beach and say, stay out there all day. Ain't nothing out there for them to eat, right? So he takes them to where? Green pastures. Isn't that what he does for us? So when you're, so when you're, so when you're confessing uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, meditate it. Don't just speak it. Meditate it. And if there's something in it that, let the Lord speak to you. He's speaking to you right now, isn't he? You've been, you've been confessing since Sunday, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You're thinking something now you didn't think earlier today, aren't you? Amen? Why? Because the word of God is supernatural. It's full of power 
It's full of wisdom. Every time you go to it, it can be fresh. Every time you go to it, it can be what? Fresh. Meaning what? It'll, it'll tell you something that you hadn't heard before if you're open to hear what God has to say. And why would he be our shepherd so we would not want? Because he what? He loves us. With what kind of love? Sometime love? Part-time lover? What? Everlasting. All the time. Eternal. Amen? Can't do nothing to make him stop. Isn't that good news? Isn't that great news? Yes. So, wonderful. So we're staying with Psalm 23, verse 1. That's our summer provision for this week, confession. Amen? Sunday we're going to get a new one. So, so wear this one out real good, okay? Because we're going to get a new one on Sunday. Amen? Because we expect the Lord to do great things this summer. Amen? Sometimes people say, you know, well, the church people don't come in summertime, and the church is going to be hurting in the summertime. I bind in Jesus' name. We're not having that. Amen? It's the summer of the Lord's provision. The Lord is. My shepherd, I shall not want. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's look at Jesus in every book of the Bible tonight. Amen? Glad you're here tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to all of our Facebook family that's with us tonight. And uh, glad that you're here. Appreciate you being here. Want to know that you're growing. Let us know that you're there. Let us know that, that this message is blessing you, that you are seeing Jesus in all the books of the Bible as we continue in this study. So, last time, when we were studying and looking for Jesus in every book of the Bible, we were looking at the book of, don't all shout at once, Ruth. Okay? We were looking at the book of Ruth because we, we, we're going uh, according to the way the Bible is laid out, looking at the different books of the Bible, looking for Jesus in every book of the Bible. So, last time we were in the book of Ruth. And uh, we saw such so wonderful things, beautiful things the Lord was showing us in his word. Who got something out of our study last time when we looked at the book of Ruth? Wonderful. Good, good, good. So uh, um, tonight we're going on, um, unless you have a question about the book of Ruth. Anybody have a question about book of Ruth? Anybody studied it further, read some more, and you have a question? I don't pretend to have all the answers, but uh, the Holy Ghost does. So uh, I want you to get your question answered so that we have understanding. Amen? Because the Bible is rich and it's good. Amen? Any questions about the book of Ruth? Seeing Jesus in the book of Ruth. Okay? So, okay. Going once, twice. Okay, that's it. No more, never again. Okay, question in the book of Ruth. Next book of the Bible. What comes after Ruth in your Bible? First Samuel. Which means after First Samuel, there comes what? Second Samuel. But tonight we're going to focus on First Samuel. Okay? And uh, we have been looking at the fact that there was a period of time in Bible history when the nation of Israel was being... Uh, led by judges. How many remember y'all studying the judges? How many of you remember how long the period of the judges lasted? How long? 
490-something years was the period of the judges, okay? And in that period of the judges, the nation of Israel was going through these seven cycles of the Lord is great, the Lord is wonderful, all the way down to God who? <coughs> I'm going to do my own thing. And, and, and we read a scripture in there that said that during the period of the judges, everybody did what was right in their own sight. You remember that? Everybody did what was right in their own sight because all of the tribes of Israel had been, had been given their partitions of the promised land. And so now they were all in their various regions. And, um, and so they did not have any one person over them. The last time they had one person over them, who was that person? Before the period of the judges, who was the one person over them? Joshua. And before Joshua was Moses, right? So now uh, Moses is gone, right? And Joshua is gone. And now uh, they're on their own. And so they're supposed to do what Joshua said. What did Joshua say? He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it, how often? Day and night. Observe to do all that it says so that you will have what? Good success, right? But they didn't do that. So they would be all into, the, they'd be like, God is great. And then they'd be like, I'm great. And then they'd be like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And so they kept, and then they would get in trouble. And then adversaries would come against them. And then they would cry, they would go back to the Lord and say, oh, please, please, please. Like we do. I, 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 please do something because we in trouble down here. And the Lord would say, you on your own, wouldn't he? Isn't that what he said? Deuces. Is that what he said? No. He would raise up somebody to help them. And, the and those people were called the what? Judges. Okay? And this went on for a very, very long time. Tonight we're going to look at the last judge. And what do you suppose the name of the last judge was? Samuel. Okay? He was the last of the judges. Um, and... Uh, his, his uh, service time also signaled a shift in what was happening in the nation of Israel. So open your Bible to 1 Samuel. And let's see what's going on. Okay. Now, some of you, most of you, if you were raised in church, have heard something about Samuel. Most, especially when you were growing up, about Samuel when he was uh, a child, right? So Samuel <clears throat> had a mom and a daddy, and, uh, what was it? and his daddy was named Elkanah, and what was his mama's name? What was his mother's name? Hannah. Okay, and uh, Hannah could not have children. And Elkanah had, he had two wives. Because in that period of time, that was uh, permitted. So he had two wives. What was the name of the other one? 
Yes, Penina. Penina, right? Um, and so Hannah was distressed because she couldn't have children, and she kept getting aggravated by somebody. Who was the person aggravating her? Penina. Why was she aggravating her? Because she could have, because she had a child, right? And so, and so Hannah ultimately went to, the, went to the Lord to ask for a child. And so she went to the temple and she went in there and she was praying, lightly praying, right? Passionately praying. What else was going on with her while she was praying? Her mouth was moving, but nothing was coming out. And so the priest was in there. He's up there doing all, all of his priestly duties. She's out there praying passionately with her mouth moving, nothing coming out. So the priest thinks that she is what? Drunk. Because she's so intense and she's talking, nothing coming out, and her mouth is moving and she's talking and going on and on in prayer. You ever been intense in prayer? Have you ever prayed intensely? Or do you always pray sedately? Oh God. Have you ever been intense and passionate in prayer? So, so, so Hannah's intense in prayer. She's passionate in prayer. The, 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 the priest thinks that she's drunk. He goes over to her to find out if she's drunk. And she tells him she's not drunk. She's in her right mind, right? And tells him why she's praying so passionately, so intensely. And what does she tell him? She's praying passionately, intensely because why? She wants a child. And she's tired of being aggravated, okay? And, and, and her husband is doing everything that he knows to do for her, right? That's what, if you study this in the work, he's doing everything he can for her. So, so he's giving her this and he's giving her that and he's, and he's loving on her and he's being kind to her and making that she wants for no good thing. So she lacks for no good thing except she wants a child. So she goes to the, to the priest and she tells, he, she tells him what the deal is and then he speaks over her, right? What does he tell her? Hmm? He told her, go home. You're gonna have a child. You're gonna have a son, right? And what does she tell the Lord about her son? That she's going to give him to the Lord. That he's going to belong to the Lord for all of his life. For all of his life. So, she goes home and she gets pregnant and she has a son. And her, her son's name is what? Samuel, or Samuel, and she gives him to the Lord, um, and after he is uh, weaned, after he's gone through the early stages of his infancy and toddler lifetime, uh, she takes him and gives him to the priest. 
So in the Bible, it said that she gave him after he was weaned. What does that mean? Hmm? She wasn't nursing anymore, okay? He wasn't being breastfed anymore. He wasn't on baby formula anymore, okay? In the, in the modern vernacular for people who don't breastfeed, he's not on that anymore, okay? And when I was studying, what I read was that in that time frame, you weren't considered weaned until you were three years old. Yeah, that's not today, hallelujah, okay? But you, but you were not considered weaned until you were three years old. So when he was three years old, she took, him to the, she took him back to the temple and gave him to the priest and said, here, here, he's yours, he's God's. Raise him in the way he should go. And periodically she would go back and visit, take him things, food, or whatever. But she honored what, what she told the Lord she would do. She would give him back to the Lord. So he grows up in the home of the of the priest, and uh, what was the name of the priest? Eli, very good Bible scholars. Eli was the priest, okay? And, and, and so he raised up in, in Eli's house, okay? And Eli uh, had sons of his own, but he was raising uh, Samuel also, okay? So let's look at our Bibles. Okay, are you ready? Let me see, where shall we start? Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter um, 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Let me see. 1 Samuel, am I in the right place? Chapter 2? Okay, and I want you to look at what, what God is saying here because, because when you see Samuel being given to the Lord um, and you see his mother's heart and his father's cooperation with that, you're seeing that the, that, that family wanted their son to be wholly committed to the Lord and wanted him to function in the way of the Lord, to function by the, by the will of God and the way of God, okay? even though the nation that he was living in was not functioning that way. So 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9. Are you there? It says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. So what is he saying? For by strength shall no man prevail. Not by your natural strength will you prevail. Not by your natural strength will you win. And even though there were strong people in the Bible with great physical strength, they didn't, ultimately they did not win by their strength. They won victories. They became victorious because of God, not self. Because of God, not their physical strength. Remember we read about Samson and his great strength, but his great strength couldn't save him. Correct? Because he had a character issue, but we're not going to talk about Samson tonight. Okay? So, 
Um, let us go to same chapter, verse 21. I'm sorry. 20, verse 20. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 20. It said, says, And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife, and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived. This is after Samuel was dedicated to the Lord. She went home and she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. <clears throat> so Elkanah and Hannah gave their firstborn to the Lord. And what did the Lord do for them, for, their <clears throat> for what they offered? They got a harvest, right? How many children did they have after Samuel? How many? Five. Three sons and two daughters. Three sons, two daughters. Five. In scripture, what does five represent? Grace. They were graced because of what they gave. They were graced because of what they sowed. Because when they, when they gave Samuel to the Lord, did they have other children? No. So what did they give at that time? their only begotten son. Their, their what? Their only begotten son. And when we hear that, who do we think of? Jesus. And because they gave their only begotten son, they received grace. Because when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, we receive him as a gift. He is a grace gift. Meaning what? Not earned, not deserved. Right? Okay. They didn't do anything. They didn't earn these five children that he got after Samuel. It was their harvest. Are you getting it? I think that's pretty good, don't you? Awesome God. Awesome, awesome. So, let's go on. So, as I said, Samuel was raised in the household of Eli the priest. And Eli the priest had sons of his own. Does anybody know how many sons he already, he already had? He had two sons. And, and guess what? Eli was really good at being a priest. Um, and the priests were supposed to raise their, their children in the way of the Lord. Um, and Eli had a problem with that. Um, because um, some parents have that problem, right? 
we all have that problem if we're a parent, and then the Lord got to pull you back and say, no, get them in line, make them line up, put the word in them, put order in their life, give them discipline and instruction. Uh, well, Eli had a problem doing that. So his sons were buck wild. Y'all know nothing about that, right? His sons were buck wild. Okay, so, so there is Samuel in that household. Okay, and, and amazingly, it did not deter Samuel from walking as he was supposed to walk, living as he was supposed to live. Because outside of, of, of Eli's household, down the road a piece, who was there? Samuel's mama and dad, who were doing what? Praying for him. Because they had already offered him up to the Lord. So they were praying. So he had intercessors praying for him. Even though he was in the household of the priest who should have been raising his sons in the good and right way, but they were running wild. Okay? All right. You'll hear that again. Okay? As he grew up, um, he learned to hear the voice of God. <clears throat> and in his early life, he had the experience of the Lord coming and speaking to him in the nighttime. Right? The Lord was calling him in the nighttime, and he thought that it was Eli. And so he, was, he got up out of the bed, went to Eli, said, uh, what do you, you, you called me. He said, no, I didn't call you, lay back down. Right? So he laid back down, and the Lord called him again. And he's a kid. He's thinking, nobody here, so it must be Eli calling me. He gets up, and he runs to find out, you called me. He said, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. Suddenly, Eli's, trying, Eli's getting a revelation <laughs> that somebody is calling the boy's name. And since he's not doing it, it's come, he's getting a revelation. Oh, God must be calling this, calling this boy. So it happens again, and he said, and so he goes to Eli and said, you called me. He said, I did not call you. If you hear yourself being called again, say, speak, Lord. Here am I. So he goes back to his room, lays down, and he hears the voice of God calling his name. And he says, speak, Lord. Here am I. And that was the beginning, the infancy of Samuel's prophetic ministry. Because he began to hear the voice of God over and over and over, and he grew, and he began to grow in that gifting, and grow in that gifting, and grow in that gifting. And when he got older, do you not know that uh, he became so developed in hearing the voice of God, and sharing what he heard, and being accurate, say accurate, accurate in what he heard, that the Lord gave him an assignment to 
start a school of prophets for other people to be developed in the prophetic gifting. Did you know that? We're learning. Amen? We're learning. Glory to God. All right. So, so Samuel becomes developed in the prophetic ministry. And like those who came before him, like Joshua, like Moses, Samuel also be became a writer. Did you know that? Where did the book of Samuel come from? Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> he, he wrote it. Now the tail end of it, somebody else wrote. Because it talks about when he died. So could he write it? He, uh, hello? He couldn't tell that portion, okay? But somebody did to complete it. Um, so, so he's the first one to write about the, the United Kingdom of Israel. Before, it was about Moses writing what he wrote, the Pentateuch being written, um, and Joshua writing, and now here is Samuel writing about where the kingdom is, the kingdom of Israel is at this particular point in time, okay? So, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Or Samuel chapter 10 and verse 25. Are you there? Okay. It says, Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. Okay? So, here we see um, Samuel writing and sharing it with the people and then sending them home when church was over, as we would say. Okay? Now, in this time frame, the people of Israel decided... They were still in that flow of, you know, we're we all good with God, laid it for the Lord. Uh, we want to do what the neighbors are doing. We, we want to be like our neighbors. We want to be like them. We're doing what's right in our own eyes and sight. We're going to worship these idols over here. We're going to worship these idols over there. And these people, when they worship, they get naked and act crazy. We want to do that. So, so they began to do those things um, and, and behave that way and grieving the heart of God, as it would, and um, they decided that, uh, uh, yes, God is over us, um, but we, we want, everyone, everybody else got a king, we want one. They already had one, who was he? God. But they, they were like, yeah, yeah, well, that's all good, but we want, we want a king that we can see. Like everybody else got one. We want one that, that we can see. So they go to Samuel and they tell him, we want a king. Now remember, he's, he's the prophet, right? And he's the judge, okay? He's solving their issues, their, their matters and all that, but they tell him that they want a king. So... Samuel, 
he was feeling some sort of way about that. Why would he feel some sort of way about that? Because he was being rejected. And so he went to the Lord about it. He's like, Lord, they're rejecting me. I'm, I'm here representing you. I'm, I'm leading them in the good and right way. I ain't done nothing to nobody. I ain't take nothing from nobody. I ain't dog nobody out. I'm loving everybody. I'm, I'm going to all the different villages trying to help people solve their problems, and they're rejecting me. And the Lord, so he went to the Lord. Did he know how to hear from God? Did he know how to hear? Yes, he knew very well how to hear. So he went to the Lord to ask, what, what, what am I supposed to do about this? And the Lord told him, they want a king, give him one. And he was like, huh? He was like, give them one. And the Lord told, the, told Samuel, they think they want one. I release you to give them one. But in the end, they are not going to be happy with what they end up with. Because they're going to need the real and the true God, and they're going to need the real and the true prophet of God, judge of God, which was Samuel. So Samuel sets out to find somebody to be their king. They're all excited. Now we're going to have a king like everybody else. Does anybody know who the king was? was. They never had a physical king before, but now they're going to have one. Does anybody know what the name of that person was? Saul. Absolutely. Saul. And, and the Lord instructed Samuel to go out among the people and find him. Now, how was he going to know who Saul was? Because he had to go out and search their, their nation. How many people were a part of their nation? Millions. So the Lord sent him out to find him. How was he going to know? He had to listen for the voice of God and get instruction. But there was one thing that made Saul stand out from everybody else. Anybody know what it was? His height. He was taller than everybody else. And when Samuel saw him, the Lord said, that's him. And he was like, wow, you got Mr. Big Stuff. He bigger and better than everybody else's king. He's good looking, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful. So now they're all, they're all excited that they have a king. And he's all excited being made a king because he came from a small, one of the smaller tribes. Does anybody know what tribe that was? Benjamin. So he's so, so, so it's like, yes, Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin is like, yeah, man, we, we the big dogs now. So now Saul is being raised up to be the king. And initially, he, he does what the Lord says, because what does he know about being a king? Nothing. But so he listens to the Lord initially relative to 
what he needs to do to become the king of the nation of Israel. Um, but after a while, after being anointed king, he began to disrespect his own anointing. What does that mean? Hmm? Yeah, he, got, he, he, thought, he thought his anointing was him. He thought, I'm the, ma I'm the man now. He would start feeling himself. And when you start feeling yourself, you start acting a little crazy, right? And he began to act, start acting a little crazy until he was crazy. Because ultimately, his mind left. Okay? We, don't have, we won't get into all that tonight, but it did. Um, so, he began to think he was all that, which he was not, but he thought he was. So, still during this period of time, the nation of Israel was engaging in warfare with the different neighbors, the Philistines, the Philistines, who's ever heard of them? Okay, they were people groups all around the nation of Israel. Um, and the Philistines were divided into five different groups of people. Um, and we'll talk about that next time. Uh, but, but they would fight from time to time with each group. The Philistines of Gath over here, the Philistines of Ashdod over there, the Philistines of whatever over there. And so uh, uh, um, Saul would lead them into these battles and they would win, except sometimes they wouldn't. So there was an occasion when they did not win. They got whipped and, and it was like, we got whipped. What are we gonna do? We don't know what to do. So uh, somebody had a brilliant idea. Uh, uh, let's, let's get the Ark of the Covenant. Somebody got this brilliant idea uh, called uh, uh, Saul's, I mean, Eli's sons. We're here, take the Ark of the Covenant out there with y'all when you fight, and it'll be, and that, that way you'll win. Was the Ark of the Covenant supposed to just be taken willy-nilly out in the middle of a field while they fighting? No, it was not. But that's what they did. And uh, the Lord was not pleased with that. <laughs> uh, that didn't work out very well. It did not work out very well uh, for the ark because then it got, it got confiscated by the, by the Philistines. They took it. Now, uh, uh, Eli's sons are like, man, what are we going to do now? Oh, my God. We, we, we in big trouble now. And they were in big trouble. And they were in big trouble. And they ended up paying for it with their lives. Why? Because they were taking the holiest thing that they had and treating it with the utmost disrespect. How could the priest's sons do that? They were sons of the priest. How could they do such a thing? 
Where did they get that mindset from? They got it from not being raised the way Samuel was being raised. Samuel was being raised to do the right thing, coming and going. They were like, if I feel like it, if I don't. They were, they were being raised uh, in a very undisciplined fashion. They were being sport rotten. So they thought they could do whatever they wanted to do. Because remember, in the period of the judges, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Their own eyes. Okay? So, we'll continue with Samuel next time. But where have we seen Jesus in this book tonight? Where do we see Jesus in this, in this book of the Bible tonight? In the birth of Samuel, okay? In the birth of Samuel. In the upbringing of Samuel. Always wanting to please God, okay? And later on, I'm going to share with you the passage that we use a lot of time in leadership training where, where at the end of his life, he goes before the people and said, I ain't never done nothing against you all. I've never done anything to harm anybody, taking nothing from nobody. Okay, he was guiltless. Okay, like who? Jesus. Okay, and because his life was dedicated to the Lord, his parents were blessed and, G word, graced. Okay, meaning what? When you give to the Lord, He's gonna bless you back, multiply. Amen? Amen. Let's stop there. To God be the glory.